Oh. We went to the movies this last week, my family and I, and we went and saw Incredibles 2. Who's seen Incredible 2? Yeah, yeah. If you haven't, you totally should. I'm trying. I'm not going to try to give it away right now. But what I, you know, what is cool about movies, and I got to thinking about it this week, is that I really can't think of a movie because Incredible 2 is essentially a family that is supposed to look pretty ordinary that has extraordinary powers, right? Totally. And when I got thinking about movies, isn't that every movie? Isn't every movie an ordinary something that has some extraordinary gift or power, right? Well, we are working through the book of Romans, and we have come to Romans 12. And in Romans 12, Paul says the same thing about life. He says that because of God's grace, each one of you, every one of you has been given an extraordinary gift. Every one of you. And every one of you has been given that gift to serve our good and gracious King. There's not one of you here, according to Romans chapter 12, that don't have this gift. Because the language Paul uses in Romans chapter 12 is different than the language he uses in 1 Corinthians 12 and in 14. That also talks about gifts there. It's also different than the language that he uses in Ephesians chapter 4. See, in 1 Corinthians, he calls them the spiritual gifts. So by that, we know that the Spirit enters and dwells in those who have proclaimed with their mouth and believed in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised Him from the dead. When that happens, according to Paul, spiritual gifts are given. So we know that the 1 Corinthians gifts aren't necessarily for everyone. Now, the Ephesians 4 gifts are offices given by Christ himself. Okay? But the Romans chapter 12's gifts are given by God's grace. Notice that grace word is in there in this what you read this morning. Grace is in there. And what does Titus tell us about grace? Is that the grace of God bestowed upon all humanity. And so I believe that these gifts in Romans chapter 12 actually given to you maybe when you're in the womb i don't know maybe like i said earlier they're given to you before the foundations of the earth because according to ephesians chapter one god knew you before the foundations of the earth which is kind of cool to think about right but i will tell you that i know from experience i've seen that these gifts don't belong just to the folks that call themselves christians okay so last week we talked about the gift of prophecy, okay? And that one's a scary one for me because I'm an Appalachian Trail Baptist. So the word prophecy makes me go, oh, you know, this whole future-telling thing, you know? And we realize that everyone wants to know. To know or to have the answer to a question is one of the biggest industries in the world. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Just think of all of the books, like all those soup books there like chicken soup or whatever they're called yeah or something for idiots you know gardening for idiots parenting for idiots you know that's all because what we want to know how why what we want to be experts in it right so prophecy is something that we all it's a big it's a big big industry but what we learned last week is that prophecy very uh, small part of it is the, what we call the four 
telling or the future stuff. But prophecy has much more to do with forth telling, being able to communicate, right, the truth. And we, we learned that, I, I learned, I, I have that gift, and that when that gift is used inappropriately, First Corinthians said it's a clanging symbol or a banging symbol, gong, exactly, or a banging gong. Ever heard a four-year-old play the drums? Right? If you have the gift of prophecy and you're using it on your own and without the power of the Holy Spirit, sound like a four-year-old playing drums. Bit annoying. And if you don't think that's you, just ask your spouse. Well, we learned about one of my gifts last week, and I, you know, and what's sad is I'm a really thick skull. Preached about last week about not using your gift inappropriately, and then I went through the weekend, uh, what night was it? Thursday night, I used my gift inappropriately. Absolute clanging cymbal, banging gong, loud, annoying horn. Man, so I'm preaching these things, and I'm still needing God's grace. So I can only imagine how much grace you need, too, just listening to these things. All right? We need God's grace. So today, we're going to learn about, I, I don't have this gift, but this is probably my favorite gift. No, that was last week. That's, that's probably not my favorite gift, because I have it, and it's sometimes it's really, ugh. Service. Serving. Now, think back to your childhood. You have a friend that you'd go over to their house and you you loved going to that house. Why? Because that friend's mother remembered your favorite sugar cereal. She remembered what you liked for dinner. She remembered what your favorite show was or what would make you feel calm at night before you went to bed because it was you were young and you were going to another friend's house. Do you remember that? Do you remember how special your friend's mother made it? We all, I hope, many of you have a friend like that. Well, their mother has the gift of service. And I'm definitely, I am definitely convinced that people with a mom or a dad who have the gift of service automatically have more friends. They totally do. Everyone wants to be their friend because they come to their house and if their dad has the gift of service, it might be something where there's a wiffle ball park built in the front yard or there's a skating rink or there's like a tubing hill that he designed or, you know, there's something like that. Or if the mother has a gift of service, there's always a fresh plate of cookies on the table that are like, how do you keep these fresh? They're always fresh. No matter when I come in this house, they are fresh, you know, and it smells amazing. So... Uh, they are, the people with the gift of service, are your childhood's friends' parents that were your favorites. That's how you know what the gift of service is. I'm really fortunate. I, um, I happen to definitely be selfish when I see people who have the gift of service. And I'm not going to lie, I met my wife. I'm, I'm shallow, so it was her physical beauty that attracted to me first. But then right following behind her physical beauty uh, was her gift of service. And that was definitely something I was like, hey, ever heard of Maine? Because I'm from Maine. I'm a Mainer. And she was from Minnesota. And she's like, oh, I think I've been to Canada once is what she said. No, <laughs> she didn't. She knew where Maine was. I'm amazed that when I went to college in Minneapolis, how many people didn't know where Maine was. And it was kind of cool because our wedding... Um, we decided to get married in Maine because every time I told people I was from Maine and Minneapolis, I only got two responses. One of two responses always came. 
One, it was this look of, I'm not really sure where Maine is, right? One person, one time in December, we got a little bit of a dusting of snow in Minneapolis in December, and this guy came running into my dorm room. He's like, dude, you must be so ecstatic. I was like, yeah, because the semester's almost over. He's like, no, there's snow. Have you ever seen this stuff before? I'm like, bro, I'm from Maine, dude. He's like, yeah, you guys don't get snow in Maine, do you? I'm like, dude, were you homeschooled or what, bro? He, he thought Maine was somewhere between, like, Maryland and Georgia. But anyway, um, that was one response I'd get. Oh, the other sp- response was, oh, I've always wanted to go to Maine. Oh, everyone said there was a bunch of people like, oh, you're from Maine? Do you have a cape on the ocean? Do you eat lobster for breakfast? You know, people love that cape-built house. You know, they just were like, there's no capes. I'm like, yeah, I have a cape and I have a basement. Why are there no basements in Minnesota? You guys don't have a basement? They're like, what's a basement? I'm like, what? Where do you bury people? I mean, uh, where do you keep vegetables cold? (laughs) Whoops, that slipped. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, um, and so... I, uh, we got married in Maine because we said, listen, come come to Maine. But I married a servant. My, my wife, Heidi, is a servant. And if you look in Scripture, all right, you have to look at the book of Timothy. There's two books of Timothy, First and Second Timothy. I'll read a little bit out of Timothy that will show you that Timothy was a servant. And uh, servants do really well under good leadership. Servants do very well under good leadership. And I, 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 I am guilty. I burn a lot of servants out. Really, I do. It's a frustrating thing. It's something the Holy Spirit's working on me in. Uh, there's been many servants that have come in under our ministry or come in. I was in the Christian camping industry for about six years before here. And anyone that was a servant, I would grab them and I would squeeze them. Ever seen a two-year-old with a kitten? That's like me with a servant gift. I'm like, oh, oh, and then all of a sudden they can't breathe anymore. And I'm like, what happened to the kitten? You know, I really, I, it's bad. It's bad. I'm work, the whole by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's really helping me. Um, but this is what this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says, uh, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. That's what good leaders say to servants all the time. Please, please come. Please come as soon as you can. When you come, this is why I love it. This is this is t- classic servant because if Paul asked me this, to be like. Kitty yourself, bro. It says, when you come, be sure to bring the coat I left at Capernaus and Taurus. Also, bring my books and especially my papers. That's what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 13. <laughs> you know Timothy had the gift of service, right? And Paul was very, 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 very thankful for that gift. And what's beautiful is that Timothy did not just come into good leadership when he met Paul. Timothy had good leadership from his mom and his grandma. They raised him to love the Word of God, it says. And that was beautiful foundation for a servant. So, if you are a parent of a servant right now, I would get your servant in the Word of God. And here's why. Servants burn out bad. They burn out really bad. And what happens when a servant burns out, they get really bitter. See, I'm a, pro- I'm a, I'm a prophet, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a prophet, I'm a motivator. I burn out. But I burn out literally like twice a week. Okay? That's just like my thing, right? And I'm right back at it again, right? So that's just normal for me. 
not for a servant. A servant will go and it 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 will go until it burns out. And a lot of those people never come back to church again. A lot of those people leave that career that they were in and never come back to that career again. A lot of those people leave a marriage and never come back to that marriage again. Because they were a servant and they gave and they gave and they gave and they gave until they had nothing left to give. So servants, be very cautious about that. Because you're going to tell everybody, oh, oh, no, 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 I don't need a break. Or, oh, no, 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 I don't need affirmation. You don't need to tell me how good a job I'm doing. Baloney. Absolute bull. You do need affirmation. And get over yourself, servant, and take it. Get over yourself and hear the healing words of other people thanking you for your service and thanking you for what you do. Do not let pride ruin your gift for the rest of your life. Because if you're a servant with pride, you will shut people out that you need. You'll, you'll, you will. And you need those people to speak into your life and say thank you. You need those people to, to treat you, to treat you to coffee, to treat you to you know, to, to, to ice cream. You need that servant. And get over yourself. Because if you don't, one day you will snap and you won't be good for anything. That's what happens to servants. And I, don't, I didn't really understand that. Because like I said, I burn out every week. I have a blow-up, I get angry, and I eat some barbecue, and it's over. Or some buffalo wild wings, and it's done. You know? But not servants. Here's what they say about servants. Servants collect rocks. Every time you hurt a servant, they put a rock in their pocket. They just stuff it down. Every time. Every time. Until one day, both the pockets are full, and the back pockets are full, and the shirt pockets are full. Then what happens? All the rocks come out. It's creepy. It's really frightening, right? Because I'm 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 a, I'm a truth teller, so I only get one rock in my pocket per day, and I throw it at you at night. You're like, hey, and then I'm out, I'm out of my pocket. There's no more rocks. Where a servant just keeps going like this and like this and like this and like, and they think they're doing the right thing. They think, oh, they're being, they're being gracious and kind and they're being you know, well-mannered and they're keeping their lid on until one day it's like a rock slide. And then underneath it's the rubble of everything. I'm not saying it's okay to go home and throw rocks like I do each night. No, you need to talk through those things and get those rocks out of there in a healthy way. It's not healthy for me to come home and throw them at somebody, and it's not healthy for my wife to just keep sticking them in her pocket for months on end. Because then they blow up about something. I'm like, I'm really confused right now. You're this angry. You're, you're really this angry about the spoon I put in the dishwasher that I didn't rinse to have all the mayonnaise on it. That's really what threw you over? Really? And I realized, oh, no, it, that's not it at all. That was the last rock that wouldn't fit in the pocket. And I'm like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because if you were this angry over that, we got some problems. Because guess what? There's another spoon next to it with sour cream on it. Ha <laughs> ha! And she's grossed out because I lick it and put it back. There, it's off. No. Okay, maybe. Especially if it's maple sour cream. Ever had maple sour cream? Oh. you got to have maple sour cream on sweet potato fries. Oh. Oh, everyone just got excited! Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I am. Well, i got to look at my notes because I, I, I'm now on sweet potato fries with maple sour cream. 
I'm talking about food. I love servants because they remember your favorite. They remember what you like. I'm a decaf only, always kind of guy. Um, you think I talk a lot now? You think I'm high strung now? Put some caffeine in me. Uh, I gave up caffeine about, I don't know, eight years ago or something like that. It spooked me. My heart started racing. I gave it up. But I'm always amazed by once in a while, I'll get a cup of coffee put in front of me by somebody. Somebody that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I, and they go, yeah, I know. You only drink decaf. Here you go. I made a decaf coffee for you. And I'm like, whoa. You went out. Because to make a decaf cup of coffee in the morning, you got to go way out of your way. Right? McDonald's all the time. I'll pull up and they're like, they'll hear my voice. and be like, yeah, just drive on. We'll put it on. Just come around. You know? But to make a pot of decaf coffee in the morning is, is an extra step. And I always know someone has the gift of service when they offer me a cup of coffee without me even ever asking them. And they say, hey, decaf only, right? Black? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You got the gift of service. What are you doing later this afternoon? Now, I have to be careful. And if you live with a servant, you have to be careful. You have to be careful because they'll let you use them all day long. And that's not cool. You need to, be the, you need to let the Holy Spirit work in you and love on them by giving them breaks, by making them take breaks, by giving them attaboys. They might not even take an attaboy, but give it to them anyway, right? Because they'll later, it's funny, you know, because you'll know a servant because they'll ask you five times how the meal, but then they don't really want any affirmation about the meal, but they'll ask you five times, how'd you like your peas? Are your peas good? Did they have enough butter on them? Did they have enough cream? You're like, oh, yeah, the peas are amazing. Like, yeah, they're great. God, awesome, you know? Yeah, are you sure? Totally. Or you'll know a servant too when you come over to someone's house and like, want something to drink? Want something to drink? You want something to drink? You drink, 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 drink. You want something to drink? You're like, whoa, okay. I already had a drink. Or they're like, eat, eat, eat more. Well, you should eat more. I'm like, no, okay. When I came to your house and I was 19, yes, you could tell me to eat more forever. I am now almost 40. It doesn't work that way anymore. Stop it. I can't fit in my pants. You're making me feel guilty. What I love about the, 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 the country of Mexico, somehow the country of Mexico 99% of them are born with the gift of service. It's like their culture has the gift of service. And you go over to their house, and they'll just keep... It's the same with Italy, man. If you go to Italy, you better be hungry when you go to someone's house because they will continue to shove food down your face. And then when you think you're finally done because you've had three courses, they're like, oh, yeah, more food, more food. They're like, I can't eat any more bread. I'm going to die, you know? I love it. I love cultures with the gift of service, and Mexico is definitely one. But guess what Mexico struggles with? A lot of people burn out there. A lot of people are surface, surface level, you know. They're very kind up front, you know, but it's hard to get close to them. I lived there for a, a semester in college. And um, so if you have the gift of service, you need, by the power of the Holy Spirit, A, to rest. You need to find rest, or it, it will, you can't do it all. You doing it all is taking, you, what you're saying is, I'm God. You're not God, and you never will be, right? A good rhythm of rest, a good rhythm of rest is what the Scripture gives us, right? It's a 12 to 24-hour period every week, once a week. The Scripture tells us that. You need to take that. If you don't, you are not going to be any good. Right? I heard one guy said a good rhythm of a minister, a good rhythm of a minister is daily distract, meaning an hour a day, an hour a day, don't do what you normally do. Right? My, my friend that's a minister said, don't even bring your Bible, he told me. Don't bring your Bible, don't bring your journal, don't bring your phone, don't bring a book. He's like, walk in the woods or go up to a ledge or go to the river or do something. And then he said, weekly withdraw. He said, 12 hours. 12 hours. And again, he told me, don't bring your Bible. 
don't 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 bring it don't bring a journal don't bring don't bring your book you know he goes don't don't engage because every time I start reading the Bible I end up going right into like ooh how will this preach how will this preach I'll start you know and you know right and then he told me monthly this is a big word he said monthly monasticize which essentially just means like cut away right cut away and he says a 24-hour period once a month 24-hour period where you know nothing no books no journals no Bible no phone 24 hours once a month right and then he says annually abandon that's a seven-day period annually where you don't look at your phone you don't look at your calendar. You don't look at your bank account. You don't check your email. You unplug, you know. Um, I asked him if I could read during those seven days. He said, yeah, but it can't be anything that's like self-help or being a better pastor or a better dad. He said, if you want to read some story, have at it. Get a mystery, get a story, get a something that you can just get lost in. Sorry. I would recommend Stranger in the Woods. It's about a hermit in Maine that lived out in the woods for almost 30 years. Uh, my grandmother and I, went. we love going on rides. She just loves to ride. And so we were out riding, and we found kind of near where his place was. Um, there was big signs that says, you will be prosecuted if you go down this road. Um, but I had my grandma with me. So uh, no, there was actually a sign that said a house for sale. So we're like, oh, we're prospective buyers. Um, and uh, But it's a great book. That's another good book. But um, Servants. Servants, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really thankful for you guys. It, it really is a pleasure being next to you and with you. And I also want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for burning you out. I'm sorry for asking too much of you. I'm sorry that I'm assuming that you're never tired. I'm sorry that I'm assuming that you always want to do what you say you want to do. I can't read mine, so please, servants, if you're tired or you don't want to do it, tell me, so I will know. Don't say yes and then burn yourself out, please, okay? All right? Practice the word no. I know your mom said don't use it when you were two, but now you're older. You can use the word. It's a great word, servants. It's prolonging life. Jesus, we thank you, God, that you are all the gifts we thank you, Jesus, that you are all the gifts. You're prophetic. You're serving. You're helping. You're a teacher. You are perfect. God, and we're just reflections of you. We have little bits and pieces of you all over. And, and a lot of times, God, we don't know how to sometimes properly use those gifts. I thank you, God, for servants. Servants all over the world. Lord, we are so thankful for servants. So many of us feel so loved by servants. But we also know that servants can really burn themselves out. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, show servants where to say no. Would you show the rest of us where to encourage and give affirmation to these servants, God? Thank you for servants, Lord, and the servants that are bittered because the church has hurt them. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would you'd bring them back to the body. Come to community. Come to community. We love you, God. It's in your name we pray.